Shut up. Okay. Cool. You ready? Welcome to Piggy Bastards, a podcast where you get to hang out with three really cool guys. At least that's what. <laughs> wow. That's the worst start ever. Just, he's going to say something else. We came off with our laughter. It's okay. Car- carry on. With the At least that's what my mum says. <laughs> How long did you write that joke for, Matt? Oh, so long. That's pretty good. I what? like it. I like it's- it. It's what she actually says about you. My mum would say the same as well, actually, to be fair. Your your mum's both comment and like our Facebook posts quite a lot. In fact, I think they are our most regular likers, which, you you know. Wow. Mother's Day came up and all that. Shout out to the mums. Hi, mums. I I was going to say their names then, but I've forgotten them both. I'm sorry. I know it's Sue. And I know it's... Well, I'm ill. They've gone out of my head. Nick, what's your mum's name again? Liz. Liz. Hello, Sue and Liz. Yeah. (laughs) Well... Well, it speaks, it speaks to the quality of our content that we're transgenerational. Very good. I like that. Yeah. Take yeah. Right. Um, Should we talk about some music? <laughs> yeah. So my name's Matt, and I'm joined by, by Nick. Hello. Hi, Nick. Hello there. And, and Fran. Hi, hello. Fran. Hello, hello. Cool. So, yeah, we're going to talk about some music. Um, this, this month, we're going to be talking about Bonnie Light Horseman with Bonnie Light Horseman, Stamper the Great with The Return, Liturgy with H-A-Q-Q, Chelsea Wolf with Birth of Violence, Chance the Rapper with Acid Rap, and I made a Metronomy playlist. Um, and if you get fed up of listening to what we're talking about, you can always go to our website <laughs> at pickybees.com. Um, and we're across all the socials, so find us there. Uh, if you just hate our voices, because you can read our voices instead. Wow. Um, Such an advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, so let's get started. Um, I'm going to start by asking Nick, which was musically most interesting to you? Okay, this is going to be fun. I'm going to pick Liturgy. Shock, um, horror. H-A-Q-Q. And I thought that this album actually... uh, Well, I'll say first of all, I thought it had some interesting stuff going on in it. I thought the track HAQQ itself was probably the strongest track. It sort of breaks down in an interesting way and completely falls apart towards the end of the song, uh, which I thought was generally good. And also I thought the general direction of the glitching in this sort of black metal melee of sounds was was really interesting and sort of broke up some of the general tone of sort of screaming and distortion and whatever, and the string stuff as well. Um, it was probably better than the one I'd heard of theirs before some years ago in that it was less, it was more, I was able to engage with it a bit better, but it, it felt like it wasn't as fatiguing. <laughs> I mean, it's black metal, but still, the, the previous album was literally exhausting to listen to if you got past about uh, two minutes of it, you just, your ears were just battered by it, you couldn't take any more, basically. So, um, so yeah, this is, this is a better album than that, I thought. Um, in the end, though, I think there's some serious problems with it. So it's interesting, and I really s- struggled to understand what was the problem with it, because in principle, as everyone knows on this podcast, I've been looking to try and find some decent black metal or heavy stuff in general for quite a You've while. You've not done very well so far, have you, though? I haven't, I haven't, and this is why no. I was really hopeful that Liturgy could, could deliver. And and they have delivered in, on many levels, I think, in terms of it being very dark, um, very uh, aggressive, as you'd expect, uh, and also very interestingly oddball in terms of some of the, let's say, the glitching, the kind of odd piano pieces and 
bell sounds sort of laid into the guitars and stuff. I think in the end, though, I did work out what the problem was. There's, there's two problems, actually. One is a very obvious thing, maybe, which is I cannot get behind the vocal sort of screaming. I, I just mm. find it grating and not... Um, mostly just not dark. It just sounds very forced. It is very literally forced. It just sounds very stale when they do that. And it's a lot weaker than the sounds of the guitars around it. So I thought it was really disappointing, actually, and hoped that they would find a way of doing it. And I think maybe it's just individual voice stuff. Other people could do it better, perhaps. But the, but this particular album, it didn't, it didn't work for me. But the bigger issue, actually, which is, which is what took me so long to work out, actually, was something fairly specific, which is the reverb on the album is so... Uh, pronounced is so heavily layered it's actually really hard to get close to the music I feel like it's actually even though there's there's a lot of volume in it it sounds like it's washing behind something like under a blanket of reverb that lets you that sort of forces you away from hearing it fully and getting what I want to happen for this kind of music is for it to sort of swallow me whole and be completely overwhelming and sort of blow my head off basically but it, it doesn't really do that and that's because it doesn't feel intimate because of this reverb distance. So I think it's actually something that could be fixed fairly easily. And when I listen to, um, say, we've gone on a band before, but if I, go, if I go back to something like My Bloody Valentine, it's also got a lot of mm. reverb on it, but not as much as this and not as dr- washy as this, I think it actually sounds closer. So, I mean, you may, you may hate that band or not, but the, the, the music of MBV is, is closer to yeah. your ears than this is and that's the big yeah. problem I had with it so so in the end I, I you know I, I don't think it's an album I'll go back to honestly um I thought it was an interesting exercise and I might go to might listen to other things if they, if you, if they come up from the guy I can't remember his name now but um but yeah it's, it's basically a solo artist isn't it so is it um, I didn't realize it is that. yeah it's just one guy basically yeah so um so yeah interesting but problematic in a couple of ways which I I thought themselves were interesting but didn't actually make for an album I wanted to go back to so there we go Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm going to congratulate Nick for being able to speak for that long about this album um, and to even come up with any points because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to keep my, my comments extremely brief. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those people who reviews an album that they never were able to listen to uh, the whole way through because I'm sorry, but I just, I just wasn't. Um, you said a couple of things, Nick, about the previous album being so great in within a few seconds. I mean, I tried several times to get through this album and, and I couldn't. Um, I think I've probably heard every song at least once, but but every time I started listening to the album, I just I just started feeling you know, life was a little bit too precious to listen to literally. Really, <laughs> um, there's so many other things I could be doing. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's the screaming. I mean, that is a big problem for me in that I wouldn't mind if there was a song where they screamed like that, but there was every song was the same really in that terms of. Just a scream. It's and... part of the genre, isn't it? To be fair, but yeah, I know what you're saying. It is, but it felt the same in every song here. I feel like I saw, I went to see Big Thief this this last week, and um, they were supported by a sort of pretty heavy sort of metal band where it was screaming, um, but it was varied and there was light and shade in it. Whereas with this liturgy, for me, it was it was all the same. Um, I couldn't get beyond that, and I couldn't get beyond any of it. That's me. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, right. So I agree pretty much with Fran. I, I, I listened to it a lot. Mm. I did try because I, I do. Yeah, I don't give up like that, that waste <laughs> I mean, of space. I tried. But, uh, I tried several times, but I just never managed to get through the whole thing in one go. Um, yeah. Press play and sit there, mate. It's not like, yeah. like running I've got other things to do, man. I've got other things to do. <laughs> 
but I do, I do think yeah like some of the the, the like the words you use uh, Nick to describe it like it felt assaulting and mm. it did evoke a reaction but none of it was positive it didn't felt I know we covered bands like I think uh, Swans and Sun O before mm. and yeah. they I walked away from listening to those albums always with interesting things and maybe like the whole album wasn't a runaway success with me but there'd at least be one track that I absolutely loved and I did feel buried by it but this this didn't feel like that this just felt like a like just a hot mess it felt <laughs> i think it's I, I think it's actually not assaulting enough that's kind of the point i was making in terms of this intimacy issue and the reverb problem so yeah i don't want to cut you off but i'm just yeah that's no it's no actually not the assault that's the problem for me i want, I want it to assault me more extremely well yeah i think that that gets to the point it just it just felt less con- considered and it felt less it felt more like just a toddler got let loose with a shit ton of instruments and just went wild, smashing everything at once. Nice. Toddler that um, would be sort of in some sort of, you know, shackles or an institute or something. They wouldn't be allowed out. Yeah. Like, like, like I don't know. The only, like, positive thing, there was points where there was some very pretty piano that I liked, mm. but that would last for a couple seconds and then it would disappear. Yeah. yeah. So I brought I was surprised by how much piano was in it actually, yeah. And, and yeah. Piano alone. I thought that was there was a whole song which was basically piano, wasn't there? The second track I think it was. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. Yeah. But no, no, well, it's, it's, an, it's really a no from me. I'm glad none of us have fallen into our stereotypical <laughs> positions then. That's really good. We've all like, really interrogated our positions and done something different there. That's great. Well, why, is yeah. it, why, <laughs> why have you chosen this as the most musically interesting? Because you didn't seem to actually find it particularly No, I found it. I found the problem of understanding why it didn't work for me in lots of ways the most interesting exercise yeah. in, the, in the whole playlist. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As, well, a, that, as an academic exercise. It was, yeah. It was. Yeah. As an, Instead fair of an enough. emotional one. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, Fran, we're coming to you now. What's yep. lyric? What was lyrically most interesting? Okay, well, for me, there was a few choices I could have gone with here, but I've actually yeah, going to surprise, going to surprise <laughs> you probably by going for Bonnie Light Horseman. Um, no. So I found it a pretty fascinating album, really. Um, so I don't know if, if you don't know, it's a super group formed of a singer called Anise Mitchell, Eric Johnson, the Fruit Bats, and Josh Kaufman. Um, they're all pretty big names in folk music, and Kaufman's done a lot of work with bands like The National. Um, so apparently, all these songs are reworkings of like old folk standards, with an attempt to make them more relevant to today's political climate. Um, and I thought they'd done themselves done themselves a bit of a disservice originally, starting with the um, with the title track, as I probably find it the least enjoyable on the album. But then it probably fits in with the theme the most, as it takes a song about an old war and an old authoritarian leader to make comments about the sort of leaders we're seeing in the world today. Um, so yeah, I found the album and its lyrics really involving and interesting for these reasons, but I also just thought it was quite a beautiful piece of music at times as well. Um, I love Magpie's Nest. I think the guitar tone on that song is really gorgeous. I think the roving's really good. I think the voices work so well together, um, and the instrumentation is just really delicate and intricate. And then Mountain Rain um, goes back to the main theme again. It sort of reimagines the folk staple story of John Henry to look at the disenfranchised workers in our current society. And then, of course, there's Justin Vernon appearing on Bright Morning Stars, making everything sound beautiful like he always does. So, yeah, um, I can see why some people might find this album sickly sweet, and I'm imagining at least one of you is going to say that quite soon. But for me, the concept combined with the storytelling and the lyrics and how their voices work together made it a 
a really strong album. Um, I know a lot of stuff by all of them on their own, and for me, this was better than any of that. So, yeah, I was really pleased with it. I'm really impressed. Cool. I'm going to jump in. Yeah. Um, I, I, going on from what you said about whether it was sickly sweet, um, yeah. I initially was uh, thinking this. It sounds quite a polished. It's maybe the countryer side of folk than I yeah. normally like to hang out in. Um, but I ended up walking away from this album as probably one of my favorite new discoveries in a very okay. like long time. I think wow. there's something about the way that the voice harmonies come together. Um, they really yeah. complement each other really nicely, but they also, they do call and response, but they also give each other time on the mic yeah. separately as well. Um, so they feels like they both can, or the, the main singers can shine really, or everyone can shine. Um, and then the tone of the guitar, something about it feels quite traditional. Yeah. It feels very like they're around a campfire and it's kind of intimate, but they're telling these grand stories. Um, so I, yeah, I really, really, really like this album. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy it was on the list. Yeah, I was, I was kind of blindsided by how much I dug into this album. Yeah, I mean, it is the countryside of it. it can be really hard to get past for a little bit, but I think if you if you give time, I'm not sure um, everybody would be able to get past that, but for me, it was, yeah. Any particular tracks, Matt, that stood out to you before we go to the um, uh, Roving, yeah. I think. Roving's a fantastic. The, like, the, the literal and metaphorical way that they... It's very, it's like, simple concept, but it's very, I think, very powerful um, and very relatable. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. I enjoyed it a lot. Cool, Nicholas. Okay, um, I think <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the, the, to question, this. Huh? the question the um, question is um, that you both raised. I think in certain ways is is, is this country or folk? Mm. And um, I know that it's got these connections to folk, and at times it's it does fall into that category. Other times it's much more country, and um, I really have a tough time with that genre. Um, in general, I find, and I was really, it was interesting, I could have even put this down as what was most interesting musically, just because mm. I really debated where it sat in that spectrum and what was annoying about country that's not annoying about folk. Um, and I think part of it is, well, there's various things about sort of pop country, sort of mainstream pop country that I would certainly be fine with talent. But uh, for, this, for this album, I, I just think it was... It, at times it fell into that country side of things because of the tone of the vocals a lot, okay. uh, a lot of yeah. times, which I found to be quite whiny, honestly, kind of irritatingly whiny <laughs> and, and difficult to get past that. Um, it, and that's, I found that quite off-putting because then it just sort of pulled all the folk elements into the country side of things and I just felt like really pu pushed away from it, you know? Um, Would you rather listen to her voice or the voice of the guy from Liturgy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably go with her voice, but not yeah, by a okay. lot. Um, okay. I found I found it. Yeah, I found it pretty off-putting. Um, but uh, it didn't move me because I, all the time I was thinking about this this genre position question, and that's my problem, and not the mm. not the albums really. But um, it certainly wasn't something I could get past. I just felt like um, it fitted into a cultural space that I'm, I just don't have much time for, to be honest. Uh, and that's something I, I couldn't shake away, shake away. There were songs that were like the roving was 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 nice. I, I just felt like it. I didn't. I also didn't particularly care for the 
the cliched story of some of them. I can't think of actual tech names. Well, I suppose it's going back to like realizing that it is they are all reimagined sort of old yeah. folk songs, so the bands have yeah. a cliched element to it. But I think it's yeah. it, did, it wasn't until I read about it and realized that they were sort of trying to use those stories to look at other things. And when I read some of how they'd done that, because it all started this album as like a jamming session, they were all just sort of you know practicing together in between projects and then playing these old songs, and then they started to make them into these songs that were more about, you know, actually talking about what's happening today. So I think it is, without knowing some of the traditional folk, maybe it's harder to look and see what they've done there. But I, it does, I do think they did it really well. I do think that um, it was well quite in, an interesting well way to do that. Yeah, it was well executed and well recorded. So I didn't hate it. I just, yeah. But it didn't sit in a, in a place that I found very... No, I'm, I very much knew it wouldn't I'd be your it, cup so. of tea. Yeah, I also, I don't know, I, I had heard from Sam, actually, our, our editor Sam on the blog, that yeah, it was a yeah. super group. Um, and uh, that, I don't know what it is, but I, <laughs> I never seem to <laughs> like that concept. That always just seems to feel like, what, what, the, what is that about, really? I mean, I don't, I mean you shouldn't sure. just call it a super group, though. It's like just, you've just yeah. got together with some other people, right? I mean, I know, if you look yeah. at just, some of Tom York's solo the stuff. Reputation precedes it when you say super yeah. group. That's what, that, that's yeah. the only thing I'd heard about it, honestly, was a super group. It's a super group. But people anyway, call the atoms a piece, the Tom York's atoms a piece to say it's a super group, but it's not. It's just Tom York and Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff. And, yeah, like, and it's great, but it's yeah. Supergroup's a stupid term, but it's just one that people yeah, yeah, yeah. understand. So that, a, that wasn't the reason. It's more I had a side project. It, but I did think it was, but it was just a bit off point. <laughs> anyway, that's, like that's a, a minor thing. I feel like a, a monthly music moan coming on about supergroups now. Actually, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Actually, I should go with that. Definitely, yeah. Cool. yeah. What is Do the it. point? Anyway, yeah. so yeah, yeah. That's, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All well, right. I'll come come back to you, Nick, as you haven't really been blown away so far yeah. have you got a favorite album on the list uh i'll go with sampa uh Sampa's great nice um, and i was absolutely in love with the first album she did which i can't remember the name of for the life of me now if anyone else the great mixtape uh, great, great mixtape thank yeah. you yeah which was fantastic in many ways i think we made did we cover it on the podcast we certainly we did, did. yeah matt yeah. actually recommended it to me you and normal before matt was on the podcast ah, so yeah, we were all involved yeah more than two years yeah. ago yeah um so that was really great and really um and interesting you used that word mess earlier on for liturgy i i thought that first sample album was really a mess um in an interesting way a really fun way that, that kind of broke away from the timings a lot and very mm. sort of sloppy production which i i loved really fun in that respect this yeah. album so then the second album she did i wasn't that into this album is, is much better than that other one that second one yeah um it's very lush and clear and um very well put together lots of sort of soul uh, sort of undertones in it, which I thought was which was really nice to hear. Um, it, it does still, unfortunately, lack the the uneven some of the unevenness of the first album, musically speaking. Um, so I, I kind of, if I had to choose one, I'd certainly still choose the Great Mixtape of the two. But I, I really liked it. Um, I did find there was a couple of things that put me off slightly, um, which was just I, I didn't particularly like this the narrative that went through several tracks about the music industry and how it mm. sucks. I just felt like I'm a bit tired of that narrative now. Like I, I get it. The music industry is absolutely a nightmare. You know, it's just a, it's, it's just such a. But I think there's a specific space, point she's different. coming at from it, though. I think it's like the young black woman trying to make it into hip hop is actually maybe there's something a bit fresher about someone talking about that than there is about. Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. It feels quite fresh. I know what you mean, but I, with I times think... up though, I think she was doing it in a feature with somebody else. I can't remember who was mm. on it with her, but um, 
Uh, and yeah. he was saying all that stuff as well. I don't know. It just, it just, yeah. uh, I wasn't that fussed about that really. Uh, and then there was one or two tracks that were a bit too like heading towards pop for me, like Light It Up, which is I know it's an interlude, mm. I think it was, but uh, is it Light It? Is that the name? Yeah, Light It Up, yeah. class, yeah. but okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it just that just seemed a bit too like clean and uh, and sort of flat and not that inventive. But uh, my favourite track on the album was uh, Final Form. I would say, which I thought was really, really good. Uh, and in general, I did enjoy it. Um, yeah, and it was, it was the, the best thing I heard on this of these, I think. But uh, yeah, didn't totally love it. So there you go. Okay, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. Me, you, me, you. Me? You, you, okay. you go for it. Okay, I'm going to refer back to a line that Nick's used in nearly every podcast in the last year. And I'm going to say that I think we've finally found a 2009 hip hop out al- 2019 hip hop album that isn't in the shadow of Little Sims. Um, for me, yeah. I think yeah. at times it's as good, if not better. I also think, and I know I've told Nick off many times for comparing people to Little Sims, but I think they are a really good point of comparison in this case. I think they're both powerly feminist albums. They both tell a kind of coming of age tale. And they both do a really good job of discussing the black experience in their own terms, and they're both fucking great. So, um, but then I think the return is the better album of the two. Is that what you're saying? Let Let me get to that. Okay. I will tell you my thoughts. Um, I think the return is a much more wide ranging album than Grey Area. I think its genre is less defined. It's jazzy at times, has a few pure R and B tracks, and has a lot of African influence. Um, there are even a couple of tracks, and one of them is Light It Up, which Nick just mentioned which have beats that seem to come out of like a Dr. Dre produced album from the 80s. So for me, I saw that as like a nice little nod to some of the pioneers of the genre. Um, hmm. And there's just so many like bangers on this album. The Freedom, Grass is Greener, OMG, they're all amazing. And Nick's already mentioned Final Form. Um, if I'd listened to this album earlier, it, that song would definitely have been in my top five or ten of, of last year. I think it's fantastic. Um, and I think the album goes on a real journey with a lot of the early songs talking about her uncertainty and a need to escape. There's the line, I don't need home to feel important. And then there's the interlude with the phone call telling her to get a grip from, I assume, a cousin or a relative or something. And then there's the later songs where she seems to be more comfortable. So there's Dare to Fly when she talks about how home is just reside, residing in myself. So it seems like the album really takes her on a journey as well. But if I, if I go back to The Little Sims again for a minute, I think... The one thing Grey Area does a better job of is managing the length of the album. Um, it's more concise, yeah. it's more to the point. Um, which, you know, hip-hop has a, pro- a long-standing problem of having really long albums um, that sometimes drift a little bit, and The Sample of the Great does that. It does. But I think it gets away with it because it's consistently good, even if it's not consistent in tone. So, I mean... Is it better than Grey Area? I, probably Grey Area I will listen to more often because of those little things about it being a little bit more consistent and a little bit more concise, but they're both stunning albums, I think. Um, and it's just interesting to me, my two favourite hip-hop albums of the last year from women, it just shows, you know, that that may not have been the case a few years ago just because they wouldn't have got the, the reach that they're getting now. So, yeah, I loved it. Cool. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna fall somewhere in between you guys because I I like this album a lot. Um, and to compare it, like if, I also wrote to do a Nick <laughs> and compare it to <laughs> to Grey Area. Um, I think it is a, a fair comparison, and I I think it does come down to the length. There's mm. a lot of there's a lot of gold in this album. There's yeah. a lot of really 
great stuff, but it just it disappears into the meander of eighty one minutes. And if she was able to turn out um, a tight kind of one hour fifty minute album, mm. it would be in that discussion for me as as good. But because of that, it it just it gets um, the the standout tracks get lost in this kind of just meander through a lot of stuff which is it's interesting but it isn't that interesting i think we've touched on a lot of the the high points like yeah. omg and final form but then i don't know this light it up light it up it's great man it kills the momentum light it's up like so where it, Thank you. i feel like i feel like the album's really getting going at that point after omg and like it has a good start and it's really building the speed and then it just kills everything that you yeah. have between the, to, probably in line with what you're both saying i'm starting to get a bit wary of albums that have interlude in various tracks that always seems to, to me to, to sort of hint at like there's a lot there's a lot in there in which i wonder if that yeah. fits with what you're both talking about the length of it you know which I hadn't yeah like it's a common like, hip-hop thing for years they've always thought interludes should be that i mean light it up i think is great but interludes in general they can ruin the pace of an album. For me, I don't think that happened here. Well, maybe they did ruin the pace, but for me, they didn't ruin the quality because I thought everything was good, even if it might have been better if it was a little bit more concise. But yeah, um, I don't know. Carry on, Matt. Um, but yeah, I I still really... I thought this album was great. Um, I just... I felt almost disappointed, though, because I know she has the capacity to do like based on her work like and the mm. great mixtape and this i have similar feelings about the second album she has uh, all these different skills she's tried out all these different cool things she has the capacity to really turn out a great album um and this is good i just don't know if it's going to be one that stays with me um but there is so much cool stuff on this I, it makes me excited for what she does next i really yeah, hope that i think she sure. can nail it I think she will. I think she'll get a really... Because um, it is that interesting thing about how she's trying out different styles. And what I liked about this album was that sense of a journey, a sense of of you know finding her way a little bit on this album. Um, yeah. I think she'll do... I mean, she's pretty prolific, right? So I yeah. think we will I see think... something. I think she'll continue to get better and better, personally. Yeah. I hope she gets the, like, the right producer to really... Mm. like hone her skills and push her in the in the right direction and then really make something that's like seminal because she can do that i hadn't really made the connection this was a this was actually a 2019 or 2020 album since i've listened to it more in the last month yeah um, yeah so because that that's annoying now because i would definitely have said she was in the shadow of the area <laughs> had i realized it was yeah. 1990, it's not in the shadow of gray area though it's not gray it's, um... is, it's so much more pointed and so much more aggressive and tight and, and she, it, it kicks its ass for me the only thing album. the only thing that separates the two is that it is a more it's a more well-crafted album um gray that's area a big is. thing though isn't it that's it is I'm a big thinking. thing so it's an album but i think like if if i was to put final form and OMG and Grass is Greener and Freedom up against some of the songs on Grey Area, then I, I would prefer them to to a few of the songs on there. So I think it's a very close contest for me, but I think they're both they're both fantastic. So I don't want to like good, yeah. Good, yeah yeah yeah. We don't have to have yeah one good album <laughs> yeah, yeah. between them. <laughs> There's only one good hip hop album ever. <laughs> yeah. Grey Area in the history of the yeah. genre. <laughs> I feel like you need to get a Grey Area tattoo on your face exactly. or something. Just stop exactly. talking about it. Just tattoo it on your face. 
That's the last time I'm going to say anything about Greer ever again. Yeah. Right. Cool. Cool. Right. Right. Well, I'm I'm going to jump in and talk about Chelsea Wolf, Chelsea Birth Wolf. of Violence, because okay. I want to get it out of the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I found this to be quite boring. Um, mm. I I think it has this uh, like weird ethereal folk that. I didn't find was very pretty or interesting enough to really kind of wash over me, which I'm looking for in this kind of like genre. I want it to wash over me and like uh, transport me somewhere. And it really didn't do that in any kind of meaningful way. It felt like it was aiming for that, like a transcendent kind of feeling. Uh, but instead it sounded kind of tropey. Um, and in reality, it just became a bit sluggish for me. Um, and like it, if you have a checklist of stuff that I like, like slow, steady beat and a soaring guitar and like vocal crescendos, that's like often is going to be a winner for me. And like a lot of that stuff was there. It just, it didn't connect. Um, it felt to me more like if you took Bat for Lashes and took the less interesting part of them and then okay. crossed it with the spe like sparsity of Julian Baker. And then you just end up with not much. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like so... the most boring combination of an artist I could possibly think of, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's really great. There's, there is such a plethora of like female singer-songwriters out there at the moment, and mm. there are some absolute killers. Um, but that means you have to do more to be noticed, and I don't think she's doing enough. So, um, it's a pretty so highly that's... rated album though right it's um it's been in a lot of yeah i've seen people talk about it and i don't yeah. know why <laughs> <laughs> who do you want to go to? who's going who wants to go go nick i'll go okay um so i uh am a member of a, a facebook group about pj harvey and okay. uh it's it's really a pretty pointless group honestly in some ways in that in that there's a lot of like just saying isn't Pidgey Harvey amazing, which I can't yeah. tell already. But uh, one thing they also do is frequently say, like, who else is, like, really good that's like Pidgey Harvey? And somebody, more than one person, actually, over the last few months when I've sort of seen this feed occasionally, has said Chelsea Wolfe. Mm. And, and I was, like, <laughs> so annoyed by that because I, I know her music from the previous album, Abyss, the, the last one, which was, like, a more of a straight sort of generic black metal album, which I thought was okay. But this album sums up why there is no fair comparison between Pidgey Harvey and Chelsea Wolfe at all. I mean, I don't understand <laughs> what they're talking about in, in many levels. This is, as you said, Matt, a very dull album, a very flat album, um, an album that's so sort of dreamy, it has it just loses your interest because it's so... Talk about reverb and liturgy, forget it. The, the Chelsea Wolfe is just... Some of the songs just sound like a big empty room. You know, it's like yeah. a single string being plucked in a big empty room. It, it's just really, really flat. And uh, it also struck me as very um, produced in a in a quite a in a way that seemed to come across as like pop metal, which I, I don't. In other words, very stylized to look like metal music. And again, I know, I know, no, neither of you didn't like it, but the liturgy has credibility for me as an album that's trying to do something different in a genre that's unusual. Chelsea Wolfe is not at all doing that in, in a sort of yeah. genre. She's just doing like what people do when they play metal if they want to be tough, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Weirdly, the best melody on the album is Deranged for Rock and Roll, even though that's possibly the worst name for a song <laughs> I've heard in a long, long time. Um, in that it sounds a bit like BRMC. Um, it's just got a, a good sort of grinding, sort of rising melody, which I quite like. But melodically, a lot of the songs, like Little Grave is a good example, is just so like washy that it just disappears. It just disappears. Yeah. So um so disappointing and anyone who tells me that it's PG Harvey like is really I'm gonna be fuming, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be fuming about that. It's not cool. Um yeah, just, it doesn't qualify. So yeah, no, sorry, I didn't like it. Okay, well um this album sort of really reminded me of um, someone called PJ Harvey. I don't know if you've oh. heard of it. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, do you know what? Although I did think that a couple of times on my first few listens, but we'll get we'll get to that. I, I originally, I originally quite liked the album on my first few listens. Um, I liked the tone of the music. I thought she had a decent voice, even if it was a bit one note at times. And I, I won't say that I I hated it in the end, but I will say that the longer I spent with it, the less I enjoyed it. Um, and I think it took me a while to figure out why I was going off it. But I think in the end, it's because it feels really inauthentic to me um i couldn't connect mm-hmm. with it lyrically or emotionally um it felt like this these okay sort of folky rocky songs but with a sheen of inauthentic darkness over everything um that's exactly some... what i mean about the credibility of liturgy versus yeah. credibility yeah, yeah. whether you whether you like him or not he's doing something he genuinely cares about chelsea wolf doesn't seem like there's any authenticity yeah at all. yeah it feels like she's trying yeah. to get certain people to get on board with the I mean, some of the lyrics to me were almost mock horror. Um, is that in the opening song she has the line "like a spider in Chernobyl"? Yeah, that's what I'm going to point to. As well. yeah. um, <laughs> and then in American Darkness, she's got the first two two verses where it's "When you come dead last in battles long past, intended to rip my heart out, oracle of your secrets, your eye was trained on me as I stood before you." unbuttoning kiss me as the bell tolls swiftly as the horses ride i mean fuck off um (laughs) just so dramatic and so sort of um over the top and you can imagine twilight scenes you know it's just not it's not good so i don't think it was just really try hard i think the whole thing felt try hard and that just made it impossible for me to enjoy anything on it above the most basic of levels it tries so hard to be emotional that it lacks any actual genuine emotion. So, yeah. Mm. In the end, I wasn't a fan. I think we're in agreement then, largely. Yeah. 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 But it did sound like PJ Harvey. No, it didn't. Uh, no. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe no, I think there's this genuine thing, like, right? Yeah, I totally see what you're saying, people saying on this forum. I was like, what? No, it's, I think there's this um, tendency, right, to anyone who is a bit rocky and is a woman and people don't know much, they'll say, oh, she's a bit PJ Harvey-like. Yeah. Same yeah. as as soon as anyone goes a bit up and down with their melodies, they say they're a bit Radiohead-like, and it's just, like, just, yeah. just you know, no. listen to some more music and compare things that actually sound <laughs> like each other. Maybe she just wants to be as cool as PJ Harvey. Yeah. But it's a bit, that's, it's that's, a bit like Nick yeah, saying yeah. that every hip-hop album's in the shadow of Little Sims, though, isn't it? Let's be fair. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Take that. Uh, so, Fran, do you want to talk about Acid Rap? Acid Rap, Chance the Rapper. Okay, um, so yeah. this was nothing like I expected. Um, I hadn't heard any Chance the Rapper apart from a few features, and I was kind of expecting it to be, you know, I think it's 2013, this album, but I was expecting it to be yeah. very trappy and maybe quite auto-tuned and a bit abstract, but, but it isn't. It's... Um, for me, it's a really proper sort of old school hip hop album. 
Uh, it's got great features throughout. There's quite a lot of variation in the tone. I think it has a lot to say. Um, and I think it has a mix of playfulness and sort of power that reminds me of early Eminem and some of the Kanye stuff that he did early on when he was not a dick. Um, you know, when they were both making good work, <laughs> I could see the chance the rapper is in the sort of the line that came on from them guys. Um, there are some questionable lyrical parts, um, you know, on occasion, but nowhere near as often or as offensive on some other albums I've, I've heard. Um, in general, I think he tells some really strong stories, packs in plenty of emotion uh, at the same time as being really witty. There's a lot of songs I like, but I wanted to mention particularly Everybody's Something. Um, I love the sort of sweet and playful tone, and I like that he shows some real vulnerability on that song. And I think that is that vulnerability is particularly stark when compared to my other favourite song on the album, which was Pusher Man, which is a bit more of a typical sort of hip-hop bragging t- type of song, yeah. but a great song. Um, so in general, yeah, this was a really pleasant surprise to me, and I can totally see why he's so highly rated. And I think particularly when you consider that he was only 20 when he released this. So, yeah, I think it was, you know, I'm not saying, I'm, I don't know how much I'll go back to it. Um, I certainly will dig into him a little bit more, and I, I will listen to it occasionally. But I was I was impressed. That's cool. Oh, why don't you go for it, Mark? Yeah, um, yeah. I so I've listened to Chance's Coloring Book uh, album that he released or mixtape, um, and I'd never uh, really heard of him before that. And mm. so this was a really cool opportunity to dig back and why why that was such a success. Um, and I yeah, I really like it. He's mm. fantastic. He's doing something different. He se- really seems to be like, considering how young he was, he does seem to have come out at a time to really help drive kind of the reintegration of like soul back into hip hop rather than, yeah, rather than it being so uh, like electronic. Um, And so I I think it's uh, really, really just a really, really great album. I like the way it fluctuates between genres and styles. Um, And actually also he has a hugely recognizable voice, which I think is really important when you have um so much hip hop out there yeah he 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 also takes a lot of influence i think it's more it's a different sound that's a bit more almost squeakier it i think it takes more influence from people like lil wayne as opposed to other people who are held up as uh like greats i've never listened to um, lil wayne so i mean i don't know if i want to but yeah it, lil, <laughs> lil wayne it's a different kind of uh, of rap, right? But yeah. it, he is still a very talented musician, mm. uh, a ta- talented rapper, um, even if it can at times be nauseating. Um, <laughs> wow, so, there. <laughs> occasionally nauseating. Let's put that on the back of the yeah. CD. Like yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting to see someone take take the influence from yeah something that is often like ridiculed like we just did yeah Uh, (laughs) and not be ashamed of that and to wear that yeah uh, so like forefrontly um is that what yeah i no no (laughs) we're on on the forefront (laughs) of his persona okay um sorry i was just checking if it was weird i'll let you off i'll let you off yeah but I think the thing I, I really liked is uh, about the tone of the music is I, there's a lot of like melancholy in it. And considering he's so young, mm. it's it kind, of, it kind of it is this very light album, but it does feel quite dark because he, he spends a lot of time thinking about uh, when he was 
like two or three years ago when he was hanging out with his friends and and his kind of enthusiasm for like life and music and everything like that and to see him looking back with so so much uh like yearning for that time yeah it's just kind of almost almost sad to be that he's already at that point where the melancholies hit him at 20 but uh maybe that's me just reading too much into it i don't know um but yeah i I, i'm gonna continue listening to more of his stuff um but i still think coloring book is maybe my favorite okay i will listen to that okay do it i'll jump in then so uh yeah i i when i first put this on the very first time and listened to a good ass intro I thought, yeah. this is going to be an absolute pile of shit, honestly. I really thought, like, what what an irritatingly chirpy sound he's generated there. But actually, yeah. when you got past that, there was a lot of really good stuff in here, which yeah. I found. And I found his humor, which which is in some of that intro track, but is much better portrayed in other songs. It was actually really carried carried him through a lot of stuff. And I thought it was actually quite interesting in that respect. It reminded me of Sabra a little bit, um, yeah. which I know is a later album, obviously later albums, mm. I should say. Sabra appears on my favourite song on the album, doesn't he? On Everybody's Something. Yeah. 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 So it, remind, it reminded me of that a little bit. Um, and I enjoyed it for that reason. Um, I think occasionally it seemed a bit, I don't know what word is, flippant, like some of the some of the jokes in it. Just, I, I can't, I'm afraid I didn't really write many lyrics down, but it just seemed to, didn't really sit sort of land for me some of the jokes some of the humor in it but overall I, I did enjoy it um, and I thought it was quite an honest album as well uh, quite a personal sort of album in that respect which I, I thought was was worth uh, worth listening to and, I, and actually Everybody Something is is one of the ones I was going to mention as well okay. actually um, so yeah no I, I enjoyed it I, I don't know that I'll it didn't move me partly because that humor side of it didn't really isn't something I care for that much but i thought it was cleverly done uh so i don't know if i'll come back to it loads but you know i'm, I'm glad it's out there put it that way you're not into humor cool <laughs> i'm not what you're not into humor i'm not you into don't like humor, funny no. St- no i no. never laugh or smile no it's no. just not me it's not me <laughs> it's serious i'm a true picky bastard come on yeah cool program okay. yeah Fair so enough. that's all i've got Sorry. to say about that one cool yeah. so what do we think of the playlist as overall yeah. I, do you know what? I thought it was pretty good, um, despite liturgy. Um, yeah. I thought it was pretty good. It, you know, it, we listened to this playlist for a long time because we swapped it round with the albums of the year one and then we had to cancel one of the recordings, so it's been there a long time. Um, but in general, I thought it was decent. I mean, when I first was listening to it and I still didn't hate the Chasey, Chelsea Wolf, I liked it even more, but then... As time yeah. went by, I kind of, I kind of grew a little, a little less interested. But I think it was a good playlist compared to some of the ones we've had in recent times. Yeah, I'll go with just okay, honestly. Um, the only album I'll go back to is Sampa. Mm. I think uh, Chance Rapper was decent again, but the others, no, I, I don't think it's really worth worth a lot more time than this than I spent with it, which is quite a bit to be honest. As, as Fran pointed out, you're not so, gonna buy, yeah. um, you're not gonna buy Bonnie Light Horseman on vinyl, then Nick. I'm actually not. I assume you yeah. really have, have you? No, I haven't yet, but, oh, you know, I might do. It. Is that on the shortlist? I see. 
I think I described this uh, their playlist as a bit of a shit sandwich. There was some uh, <laughs> real, real tasty bread at the beginning and the end, but the the middle, the filler, was not good. <laughs> it, yeah, is the filler just Liturgy and Chelsea Wolf, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They, yeah, they made it a tough swallow. Um, but stop trying to eat shit. You're you're the ones that are making me do it. <laughs> Didn't you choose either? Were, were, were they both Nick's I, choices? Yeah, that was they were Nick's. Yeah, Nick, you Nick. And I would stand yes. by the liturgy choice. I would. I would. I'm pleased I chose that because it was interesting exercise. But the Chelsea Wolf, yeah, I, for that one, I apologise. I mean, I'll go back to the liturgy, <laughs> and like, the reason that I wrote in my notes that I wasn't going to say much about it was because. And I don't, I don't feel it's fair for me to say too much about it because I actually don't. I too couldn't. Minded. Well, I couldn't listen to it and I couldn't comment on it because it, it just isn't my thing. So I don't want to. I can't tell you whether that's a good version of that because I don't know. But I can tell you that I couldn't bear it. But that that doesn't mean that it's that doesn't mean I'm not saying it's bad. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's not. Yeah. So generally, a few, few flaws. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. The, Cool. Well, now we're going to talk about something else, and that's uh, Metronomy. Um, so, Metronomy are a band that I probably, I think it's probably the music I've listened to the most over, like ever. Oh, I wow. think the kind of the way the style has evolved and has also kind of mirrored the music that I listen to, and as a result, every single album I listen to a lot. Um, and so it's a it's a band led by this guy called Joseph Mount, um, and the band surrounding him fluctuates in and out, but he's always the core. He's always sometimes some of the albums it's just him, sometimes he does a full band. Um, but he started in Brighton, and so he's from Torquay, but he started the brand in Brighton, and so that's where I heard him, and I okay. kind of got on with the first album, which um, I, I don't know I. Just, I put the playlist together in this very chronological order because I wanted to show kind of the evolution of style, which I feel like he starts in this like weird electro alt place. And then he ends up making this ridiculously catchy pop music. And all the time, every single album is distinctly unique, which you maybe be able to get the sense of from listening to two or three tracks. But at the same time, it's uniquely also metronomy. Um, and so the other, the other thing that I really love about him is that he's not afraid to make these, these really, really... He wants to make super catchy, super mm. poppy music. But then in an album he'll have like this thing that could chart and then right next to it, he'll have an eight minute long craft work esque weird electro track. And it's really, really just like fun to listen to. And especially when you go see them live, I don't think there's a live experience I've had that is more fun that maybe LCD sound system, where you go to see them live and everyone is just irregardless that sometimes this, this, the songs are very like uh, morose or they're very um, nostalgic or melancholic but irregardless because of the kind of like very funky backing to it everyone is just still so full of joy at the, at the live uh, at the concert and so I've had some of my favorite uh, concert experiences seeing Metronomy live um, 
And so, yeah, and he's just, he's, I think, a fantastic uh, producer of music. And I just, it's something I'll always turn to, to, to put on, to listen to um, whatever mood I'm in. Because it always makes me, makes me happy, makes me motivated. Uh, yeah. So I'm curious to see what you guys think because it is very poppy. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you want to start with? Fran, why don't you go with it? Oh, I don't want to. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> good start. Good start. <laughs> well, no, right. It's a difficult one because I have to admit that I had a certain of opinion, a certain opinion of metronomy without ever really having listened to them. Um, just from the yeah. few things that I had seen and heard. Um, I'd like to say that opinion changed and it might have done a little bit, but not by very much, I'm afraid. Um, I had a feeling I'd find them irritatingly chirpy and, and unfortunately, oh, yeah. a lot of the time I did. Um, I'm going to say particularly the early stuff. I think the song You Could Easily Have Me felt like an yeah. indie version of the Benny Hill theme tune to me. You should vicious thing said today. I got the award today. The but... the music video that goes with that very much is recapitulating that. I think okay. it's on purpose. Okay, okay. Okay. Well, okay. Well, that doesn't make it better. Um <laughs> for me yeah. though, what I will say is the stuff on on the English Riviera um as a whole yeah. that was better. Um for me, the repetitiveness and chirpiness of songs like The Look, The Bay, and I'm Aquarius actually made those songs enjoyably catchy rather than annoyingly catchy. Um, I, yeah. I did like them songs. Um, but I'm afraid that didn't last long for me. Uh, by the time we got to Boy Racers, I was back to thinking about 80s TV shows and their theme tunes. Um, I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> and then with the most yeah, recent five. stuff... The recent stuff, um, they went back to being a bit too much for me. Um, I particularly struggled with Hang Me Out to Dry and Insecurity. Um, they were just a little bit too repetitive for me. Um, and it is, you've, you've pointed it out yourself, right? Um, there's that poppy, chirpy element that is, is rare for me to really be into that kind of... In, it's, sometimes in hip-hop, I like that kind of tone, but I, I struggle with it in this kind of music. Um, but you mentioned LCD... LCD sound system who you've you've introduced to us before who I think are yeah. vastly superior to metronomy in my opinion but these metronomy felt like a sort of lesser version of them sometimes um, like a maybe a band that they would maybe pick to support them I know metronomy is huge so I know that's probably not going to happen but um, that, it could do but it's kind of how I felt about them I kind of felt like they to use another Nick phrase they were in the shadow of LCD sound system um so yeah, I tried and I listened to it. I didn't do a liturgy and they were honestly they were much more my type of thing than liturgy. I listened to it a lot. But um <laughs> but yeah, some of it just I just couldn't get past the sort of brightness, I suppose. Um yeah. so I did try. Well, yeah. uh, English Riviera is their best album. Yeah, yeah, um, and I could I'd sense say that. considerably so. I could sense that. Um, and I think it was good actually that you um because you know, you're a fan of all their stuff, so I'm glad that you did a playlist and sort of showed that progression rather than just putting the English Riviera on because we might be having a different conversation if you just put that album on it sounds yeah. like I like that stuff but I think it was good that you showed the variation there but yeah for me that's where I, I could enjoy them I think if I saw them performing those songs I can imagine that kind of experience you talked about at the live shows but but yeah it was it was not really something I'm going to spend loads of time with I don't think but yeah cool 
Sorry, Matt. So Nick. I feel like I That's want okay. to... Um, uh, I don't know if this is fair, actually. I feel like I want to speak up for Sam, in a way, because I feel like... Who has been on this podcast a couple times before, because I feel like if he were here... He would be saying like, "Why the hell are you always saying pop is shit? Why are you always slating pop all the time? Like, you know, when you have, you hear something, you say like pop as if it's a dirty word, you know." And and I think this album, these this playlist, sorry, is is very pop in lots of ways, and I struggle with that. I do struggle with that, um, but I think it executes it really well. So a little bit like when Fran says with liturgy, I can't get it. I can't get behind it. You know, it's just something I don't have the vocabulary for. Maybe. Mm. That's a little bit of this to me because it's so like I can't define what it is that very easily that that I find difficult, but it's just it's so. I think one thing I established was that it was so staccato a lot of the time. It was so like on off, like which is what I think Benny Hill references. He's referring to earlier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, that's difficult for me, and that and that strikes me as as a trope of pop that I'm not in love with you know mm. there were some yeah. nice songs in there. i th- actually thought the track the title track for love letters um i actually thought that started off really nice and was generally a nice song and there were there was there were some songs i liked um also was this am i right this was used like an apple advert or something one of them or something i can't remember if i remember hearing oh, it apple advert. potentially yeah, I, I don't it's know so, it's so i mean i just think it sounded a little bit like that that sort of uh people dancing like mm. very, very ecstatically oh, on a white background. I think those adverts were, were a little bit before this is time. Okay. All right, all right. Um, maybe I'm wrong then. Um, but and also, I think you've stolen my comments, both of you, in some extent with the LCD sound system references. Um, th- this is, uh, I think, very much in that school. Even the fact that you mentioned, and I didn't really realize it was only really one person centrally behind the project. Mm. Yeah, uh, which is true of LCD sound system as well, isn't it? So basically. Yeah, um, it's an all, yeah, so it's like, vision. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, you know, I respect that, and, and I think that's that's really interesting. I, I do have to say, I think LC Sound System has a wider range and is is more interesting to me, um, even though I think there's a lot of overlap. Uh, so, I, but I certainly see what Fran's saying that they could play together, or one could support the other, mm. or whatever that may be, if that ever happened. Um, so God, yeah, I, I'd love to go to that show. <laughs> I bet you would. Line up of the century. Um, yeah, so in the end, um, there was some okay stuff, uh, and but I don't know that I'll I'll come back to it per se. I, I just kind of felt like it was something I couldn't speak to, or it couldn't speak to me. Maybe mm. that's a better way of putting it. Um, but I do want to think more about this, like what this pop, because ever since we did Sam Kim, we did Robin. I've been thinking more about yeah. that. You know, like what? Yeah. Why is it? I'm I'm really challenged by this genre. What, what is it that I find frustrating about it? And and this is not just pop. I'm not so that's not fair to say. But it's the pop aspects yeah. of this music that I found least appetizing, um, and that that's quite interesting to me. So I'll keep thinking about it. But yeah, that's yeah. that's right. that's all I have to say on that one. Yeah. But thanks for introducing it to us anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I knew it was a risk, um, and so well, you I didn't, take, I didn't you think, take these risks. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's interesting you talk about uh, Robin because they are very, very close collaborators. He right. helped with her most recent album. She obviously on features on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they've released some stuff together under like uh, pseudonyms. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's on one of the um, ones that I, I really didn't like. And yeah, she hang me out to dry. Hang me out to dry. Yeah, one of one of the best tracks. Yeah, no, um, one of the best tracks. But yeah. Cool. But to make right, you feel next... better, Matt, just while we're still on it, like, I, yeah. I, while I was at Big Thief 
gig on on Sunday, um, and I was just remembering how because I was thinking, oh, I've got to talk about metronomy soon, and I don't want to upset Matt too much. But then I was thinking, you, know, <laughs> you introduced me to Big Thief, who after seeing, you know, I think they're now up there in my maybe top three or four bands working on the planet. So you know, and it's, Samper as well, we mentioned earlier. Yeah, so you can't get yeah. it right every time, mate. But you know, just ten out of ten is what he's basically saying. <laughs> but yeah, well. Well, we can't all pick Radiohead as our... Uh... As every no. single selection. <laughs> and also, like, yeah, I mean, it's good to listen to this stuff anyway, because things like Metronomy and um, people that you've had on the radar for years but have never really listened to for various reasons, so I still think it's really... I'm glad now that I've spent that time listening to them and yeah, yeah. I want like to see them on a lineup, I can comment on it and I can actually yeah. know what You know to avoid them. Instead of just saying, oh, Metronomy are playing, I'm not going. At least now I know... <laughs> I'm not going, this is why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try to, I'm just thinking myself a bigger hole here. Right, I'm trying my best, it's but it's not working. Yeah. I'm trying to help out, it's not working at all. <laughs> right, okay. Cool. So that's Right, that's next that. time out. Yeah, next yeah. time. So, so next time I'm going to be, uh, well, I've suggested we talk about Grimes' new album, Miss Anthropocene, and also Against All Logic with 2017 to 2019. Okay. And I will be doing Square Pushers, Big B Up Hello, and HMLDT's West of Eden. Okay. Um, so I've picked as the classic um, Kicks by NXS after watching the Michael Hutchins documentary um, recently. And I will be telling you guys why I love Aldous Harding, and I've put together a playlist to, to demonstrate that. Nice awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming out. All right, that's that. Then make sure you go to our website and all those things. Goodbye. Goodbye.